When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Pregnancy Confidential Week 28. What a natural birth is really like. Pregnancy Confidential is a girlfriend-to-girlfriend real talk podcast from the folks at Parents Magazine, where we have your back and your bump through all 40 weeks. I'm Dana Points. I'm the editor of Parents Magazine, and with me today is... Mindy Walker, executive editor of Fit Pregnancy and Baby. And Erica Janes, digital director for Parents.com. And we are going to pick Erica's brain about a natural birth. I can't say that I've had one, um, but we'll get to that later. As you're entering your third trimester at 28 weeks, your thoughts are probably drifting to what is going to happen three months from now. You're going to push a baby out and how you're going to manage that. First, know that many billions of women have birthed babies, and it can be done. Of that, we promise you, we are our living proof. But how you decide to do it can vary, and it depends a lot on your personality, your pregnancy, and your tolerance for pain. Over the next few episodes, we're going to start to talk about some different ways of giving birth. Starting with this one, we're going to get real about what it's like to have a natural birth free of pain medication. That's that's how natural birth is, is defined, and we can debate that shortly. But first... As you're thinking about pushing that baby out, you're probably wondering, what size is it this week? So at week 28, your baby is the size of a Mindy. I'm going to go with a large eggplant. I want to keep with the foods. Yes, yes. We like our fruits and vegetables. Erica, got anything to add? Not a fruit or vegetable, but maybe a chihuahua. That's cute. Ooh, maybe a kombucha squash. But if you want more details and more serious ones about what is going on with your baby's growth and development this week, you can sign up for our daily pregnancy email at parents.com slash pregnancy daily, and you will get the scoop every day. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. If you are thinking about going pain med free, we salute you. It is totally doable, especially with the right support from a midwife or a doula who can help you manage your pain in a natural way. I would add to that list maybe a highly trained partner who's prepared to serve as your coach, you know, really coach you through it. Not all of them are, and that's okay. So the pros of natural childbirth you are more in control of the whole situation. There are fewer medical interventions, so you're better able to move around and, and more in control of your body. You might recover a little swifter, more swiftly, I should say. One of our readers at the magazine told us that she had both a natural childbirth and an epidural birth. 
And she had sort of some of those epidural side effects, like stomach-related side effects that she described as being like the worst food poisoning of her life. So even though the natural birth was really painful, it was just, it was over, right? And then, you know, there was nothing kind of lingering after. It can feel empowering, I am told. I did not do it. I wanted to be empowered. I was really eager to try it, but it just didn't work out in my case. But, you know, I, I can imagine if running a marathon, like in that way that running a marathon feels empowering. And it opens up your options in, in terms of the where you want to give birth, like, you know, in a birthing pool, walking around, you want to bounce on a ball. I, I took a ball to the hospital. I had all the best intentions. But once you get that epidural, you can't bounce on a ball because you can't walk, because you can't feel anything below your waist. <laughs> so that's the, the advantages of being able to move around. And, and moving around does move your labor along, too. So, Erica, we haven't really poked into your experience. <laughs> I hesitate to talk about it being empowering because I think any kind of birth can be empowering. And right. I don't like the idea that one type of birth is better than another. Yeah, there are um, some people who have had natural childbirth who wear it like a badge of honor. So... Yeah, they I must feel empowered. You're going to meet them in those mommy and me classes, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like that. And I don't like the idea of even just if you say you had a natural childbirth, that that somehow implies something better about mm -hmm. your experience. Because however you want to get through it, I think, is right for you because it hurts. Yeah. And it's a process and things don't always go the way you want them to or plan. Ha ha. So a lot of things are out of your control. What did you do before you even got to the point of labor and delivery to prepare? First of all, I took a childbirth class that was based on the Bradley method, which is a very partner-centric childbirth preparation method. So it was just the two of you, or did you have a doula or anybody else? I had a doula mm -hmm. as well. A funny thing about my doula, I went into labor three weeks early and was not at all prepared. So I actually didn't call my doula until it was pretty much time to go to the hospital. So I kind of missed out, I think, on a lot of the help that a doula could have offered. But at the same time, in the moment, not really being sure what was happening, it was kind of nice to just have it be my husband and myself. The childbirth class that I took basically encouraged you to stay home as long as possible before mm -hmm. going to the hospital. I think um, the doctors like that, too. I think if you can, and it, and it worked for me, it just sort of helps you not feel like you're on the clock. Your impulse is to go. I feel like your impulse is to get Especially there. the first time when everything's mm -hmm. a big unknown. I can imagine wanting to be, I mean, I can imagine <laughs> myself wanting to be somewhere where there's lots of trained professionals. I didn't. I really did actually kind of want to stay home because I felt like, now, I, I did some things that you probably shouldn't. My water breaking was really my first sign of labor. And I think I took a shower or a bath after that, which you're not supposed Ooh, to do. Oh, a bath is definitely a no-no. Um, I don't know about a shower. You're supposed to call your doctor right away. I didn't. I waited a while. I think, like, I ate some things. I ate some yogurt. I wanted to be powered up. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, waited until we were using the contraction timer tool and um, got to the point where the doctor was like, okay, I think you should, you should come in. Wow. And we did. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be sent home. This is not, I mean... This has only been going on for overnight, and I got there and I was eight centimeters dilated. Whoa! So they didn't send me home. <laughs> no. What were you using at the point that you know you were using the timer and then breathing, massage? What were some of your strategies? 
I think my husband would say I was leaning over the back of the couch and making mooing noises. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, and is, he would that mean is... that in the most loving way, but right. I was vocalizing. Mm-hmm. Um, Which they I, tell you to do in yeah. class. They just tell you not to hold it back. One thing that I took from my prenatal yoga class and the prenatal yoga classes I took were very helpful. I think that was really good preparation for just sort of getting in sort of a meditative mindset of trying to cope with pain and also just strengthening Mm -hmm. your body. But one of our teachers said something, and I want to say it's maybe from Ina Mae Gaskin, but she basically said, open throat, open vagina. Oh, that's interesting. And so I kept just physically kind of like trying to relax my jaw lower my shoulders and just be like, oh. And doing that really kind of helped just not make me so tense. And some people use massage, right? And the mm-hmm. doula is equipped to do that. Yep. Or your partner might learn how to do that in, in the birthing class. I think my partner learned, but... Um, <laughs> didn't use it. Didn't ultimately use it. Hypnosis. Some women are doing hypnobirthing, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of taking it to a whole other level. Heat or cold, mm-hmm. um, applying one or the other or, you know, both alternating. Mindy, you didn't do it, right? Well, so, no, my first one was a C-section and then yeah. I had a V-back after that. So you have yeah. to have the epidural because yeah. you need a lot of monitoring with the Pitocin. Because yeah. yeah. um, I was actually induced with a V-back, which was great. But for my third one, I did go until I was about eight centimeters dilated. Yeah. And then I got the epidural. So yeah. maybe it's just I have a chip on my shoulder. But I guess I kind of feel like when I hear natural... When people say, oh, I didn't have a natural birth, to me, that's more like a C-section, not, you know, a baby still came out of your vagina. You had, you know, some medication, but it's not like the medication got the baby out. The medication was just a pain relief. And so to me, if it's coming down that birth canal, I do feel like that's a natural birth because I've had both. I've had the C-section, which is not natural. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should rename it. Calling it a non-medicated birth. A non-medicated. That's good. Right. That's good. You had a non-medicated like a birth. Okay. birth. That comes trippingly off the, <laughs> off the Doesn't tongue. roll off the tongue. <laughs> so if you want to read or see some really outspoken commentary about non-medicated birth, uh, you can follow Giselle. Uh, look back at her history. She um, gave birth naturally at home twice, and she's very critical mm-hmm. of hospital births. She had a water birth. I thought that was interesting. And then I think uh, Jessica Alba is another one. She had a, what she called a Zen birth using yogic breathing techniques. I feel like that's all well and good. But if you get into this thing of like self-righteousness around the type of birth you had, that is just trouble. Um, if there's one thing we have to learn as moms, it's like not to criticize other people's choices. Yeah. <laughs> and not to get too hung up on yourself. Because, yeah. you know, things just don't always go to plan. And They don't. All, I mean, I just still, I remember planning so much. Like, I, we took the class. We wanted to do it without medication. Or I wanted to do it without medication. And my husband was dragged along for the ride. I got a birthing ball. I remember being like eight months pregnant and putting the birthing ball in the car and driving down to the gas station (laughs) and inflating that birthing ball and then schlepping the darn thing to the hospital. And then it just sat in the corner of the room mocking me (laughs) because I was induced. Sit on me, Dana. (laughs) Yeah, I was induced. And I could have had like you know, a whole room full of birthing balls. But when that Pitocin that they give you to induce you yeah. kicks in, 
you really need that epidural. <laughs> so anybody who gives birth without medication or without an anesthetic after Pitocin, boy, I'd like to meet her. Oh, uh, me too. Because the contractions come on strong and they're really bad. It's like not the gradual ramp up that you have with normal contractions. And, you know, I can see how partners, too, kind of want you to get the epidural sometimes because it's hard to, now that I have kids, it's so hard to see someone be in pain. Yes. It's very, you feel this helpless feeling like you love this person and they're in all this pain. Yeah. And I think it takes a strong partner to, to watch that, to assist mm-hmm. in, in and help it. Yeah. And to be helpful. You mm-hmm. know, I can imagine wanting to run away. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to know if you are going to have a natural birth, our listeners, you can tweet us your thoughts at Parents Magazine with the hashtag pregnancy confidential. Every week we like to do a segment we call Relax, You've Got This. And this week our topic is bed rest. What is it like? Is it even a thing anymore? It used to be a lot more common. Mm -hmm. Bed rest technically is prescribed during pregnancy to alleviate certain complications like preeclampsia, which relates to high blood pressure, or what they call an incompetent cervix, which is one of those old-fashioned medical terms that just makes me laugh and cry at the same time. Like, how dare you call my cervix incompetent? (laughs) But, you know, it differs significantly from person to person, depending on what your doctor recommends. Sometimes it just means you got to put your feet up more often. Other times they really are sending you to bed. Sometimes that bed is in a hospital. Your healthcare provider is going to tell you what he or she recommends if they're recommending bed rest. They're going to maybe even dictate the position you have to rest in, depending on what your condition is, like on your side, pillow between your knees, on your back with your legs elevated. The idea might sound even a little appealing at some points. I mean, now that I've had two children and have run around with little kids, I'm like, oh, bed rest. That sounds that sounds great. But it can be really boring if you're doing it while you're pregnant. And lying down for long periods of time can reduce your blood circulation. So you might be needing to do little exercises, kind of move around, squeeze a ball, But if you really are prescribed bed rest, you're going to want your phone, books, a TV, a laptop. You know, you're probably going to want to join a network of people who are on bed rest together. Did either of you guys do it? I was on bed rest for a few days with my first daughter because after my water broke, because she was born premature. And so I was on bed rest in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So, like, I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom. That was a bedpan. So Mm, it was only about three days. But, it, I mean, it was a long three days. So they were just trying to kind of keep her in there a little bit longer. Right. They gave her the shot for the steroids for her lungs. Mm. So, yeah, it was intense. It's not... It certainly wasn't the cozy bed rest that you would have at home. But I feel like any of my friends who have had bed rest at home, at first it sounds really nice. And then it's just not. They don't like Nobody likes it. And in fact, there is increased evidence, I guess we can say, that bed rest may not be as helpful as it was once thought to be. And so it's being prescribed less. But you're going to want to just talk this out with your doctor if your doctor is recommending it and then get really detailed instructions as to what type of bed rest they're recommending. You can always ask your doctor, like, how what's his philosophy about it, you know, just in, even before you need it. Just, That's true. You know, finding out well, what's the practice's philosophy about bed rest. I find right. that you could have two pregnant women with the same problem and one doctor will prescribe bed rest and one won't. And then, of course, you can kind of get your ducks in a row just in case, like getting the nursery together, not putting off registering until the very last minute. But, you know, doctors are still prescribing it. If you get it, try to relax and talk through with your doctor about exactly what the definition is in your case. 
That's it for today for Pregnancy Confidential. Our producer is Sarah Abdurrahman. Our engineer is Jason Gambrell. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Parents Magazine, Facebook at facebook.com slash Parents Magazine, or Instagram at, of course, Parents Magazine. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. You can subscribe to us in Stitcher or iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you subscribe or if you don't, please leave us a rating or a comment because it helps other people find the podcast and it tells us what you think, which is important to us. Unlike other podcasts, as we said, you do not need to wait for the next uh, week for the next episode. If you feel like peeking around the corner into the future of your pregnancy, you can go ahead and listen to the next week right now. 